This podcast is brought to you by New Hope Baptist Church. For more information, visit the website newhope.net.au or follow us on social media. My name is Adam. I'm one of the youth pastors here, and it's absolute joy and privilege um, to be here with you this morning. Um, do you wanna, can I invite you to put your hand up here or, or, or chuck it in the online chat? If you've joined our Bible reading group this past week, if you've joined the WhatsApp group of New Hope Bible Readers, a few of us in the room, well, can I encourage everyone else to check it out? I have been so incredibly encouraged this week um, to read along and, and to join in as, as we see people unpacking the Psalms. So every week we're going to be tackling the Psalm that we'll be unpacking on Sunday and seeing what, what us as individuals can speak life into these Psalms and, and see where God is leading us in this space. Um, super, super encouraging. Today's Psalm that we're going to be taking a look at is Psalm 8. And it's all about um, God's beautiful creation, His majesty, and respect for country. And on that note, I would love to take the time to acknowledge the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians on the land on which we gather today, on which we worship and teach. We want to pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging, honouring their wisdom, resilience, culture, and community, and express our thanks for their caring for country for generations. And for, for Australia's First Nations peoples, they have an incredible connection to country. Country doesn't just mean creeks, lands, hills, and watering holes. Country includes all living things. It incorporates people, plants, animals, the land, and spirit. Country is alive. Country is timeless. And country is ours to look after and respect. You know, I think in Australia, we are so incredibly blessed with a beautiful country. I've had the, the privilege of being able to travel just a really small part of this country, seeing um, a decent chunk of, of our East Coast and having the privilege a few years ago to travel with some incredible family friends of ours to the Northern Territory. And if you've never had the chance to head to the Northern Territory before, put it on your bucket list, put it on whatever list we've got going on our phones of places we want to visit because this place is just so incredible. I was about 12 at the time, and I'm going to be honest with you, I was probably more excited to be escaping the winter of Melbourne at the time. I'm the kind of person that as soon as I see that the sun's out, even if the temperature's not that high, it, it's jumpers off, it's shorts on, I'm looking for a pool or a watering hole just so that I can swim. I remember the, the Queenslanders who were travelling with us and, and we ran into from time to time were, were rugged up at night in their jumpers because they were freezing cold. But us Melbourne crew, nah, it was nice and warm. The sun was out. It was a perfect winter night. It felt like summer to us. 
I remember being on this holiday, being so excited to, to swim and, and, and to ride a camel, sorry, to ride a camel and to see Uluru for the first time in person. This is an incredible piece of God's creation. I remember walking around it, just being blown away by its sheer size. Waking up really early one morning, driving out, I was probably very cranky and upset because I'm not a morning person. But as soon as you see the sun rise, it's incredible. Colours start to change, it comes alive. We also um, had the opportunity to have dinner under the stars at sunset by Uluru. And it's, it's incredible as you see these dramatic colour changes, you know, the sun comes lower and lower into the sky. The, it, it's so contrasted to this beautiful gradient of backdrops as, as we just see the sunset and stars start to emerge. And for me, this is one of the moments that I often look back to and reflect on as a time when I could so clearly see the Creator in His creation. It's one of those moments where you've just had your breath taken away by God's majesty. So today we're going to be exploring Psalm 8. If you want to read along with me, I'll be reading from the NIV version. Or if you'd prefer to to sit back and, and just imagine, I invite you to do that as well. In fact, I like to imagine that David was sitting at a similar sunset as he was writing this psalm as he was seeing the creator in his creation. Psalm 8. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars in which you have set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than angels and crowned them with glory and honour. You've made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds, And the animals of the wild and the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. You may have noticed today that that our psalm starts and ends with the exact same line. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. This is called an inclusio and it's there to highlight to us, the reader, what the psalm is all about. This psalm is about God's majesty, the greatness of our Creator. You see, even in this first line, David is noting that though though the Lord was Israel's covenant God, He's also God of all creation. And in all of the earth and all the heavens, You see, the earth itself was simply not enough to measure the glory and excellence of God. David goes on to contemplate that the power and glory of God can even be seen in small children worshipping. 
even in an infant, God's stronghold is evident in them. The Hebrew word for stronghold here is, is oz, which could simply mean strength, but it could also mean a, a strong place, a refuge, a fortress. So the praises of babies, of infants, of children can establish a fortress, a stronghold against God's enemies that can silence the foes. Now, this is a sentence that feels really strange to say and it felt even stranger to write as I was researching this because it just feels so unbelievable. It's just so illogical yet so profoundly amazing and confusing all at the same time. You see, this part of our psalm points to the majesty of God while observing the familiar theme in Scripture that God uses weak to display His glory and strength. In Corinthians 1 verses 27, it echoes this saying, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. I think it's hard to think of anything weaker than a baby. Believe me, I've got a four-month-old. They don't do much yet at that age. Yet God can work His glory through them. Even they can praise our King. You know, and if God is able to use the, the, the noises and praise of infants to honour Him, he can give us strength and support in the midst of our own weakness. You know, this unbelievable, amazing line in the psalm isn't just there as a poetic part of the poem to symbolize how God can display his glory and strength through the weak. In fact, Jesus quotes this scripture to the chief priests. This is all happening just after Jesus has entered the temple. And I'm reading from uh, Matthew here. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, Jesus had just healed the blind and the lame and people who had come up to him, and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, just praising God, absolutely full of joy. But they were indignant. You know, the, the hypocrisy of the religious leaders is, is unreal. Like the greed and theft in the temple didn't bother them but praise to Jesus is. Do you hear what these children are saying, they asked? Yes, Jesus replied. Have you read? And he, he quotes and paraphrases our psalm. From the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise. Jesus is speaking the truth of this psalm right back at them, right back at the people who know the scriptures, who know the psalms inside and out. What Jesus is doing here is making it clear to his accusers who he was and who they were. You know, since the infants were the ones giving the praise in Psalm 8, Jesus has identified himself as God. And in this, Jesus has also identified the indignant scribes and teachers as the enemy and the foe. It's so important for us to know that our praise has power. 
Our worship can do wonderful things. Babies don't even know what they are saying, yet God can use that praise for His honour and glory. Imagine what could happen with a little more praise. Imagine what could happen if we spent time focusing on worship in our individual lives. Imagine what ripple effects we could create in this world if we spent just 30 minutes a day with Jesus. You see, because the thing is, God is worth it. He is so deserving of our praise. Reflecting on this psalm and, and how it fits into the overall narrative of Scripture, you come to realise how often God chooses to use the little guy, the small army, the weak, the meek, the humble. Like when you think of great, powerful, majestic kings winning battles, you, you don't really picture that, do you? We picture massive armies, great leaders, big swords, celebration. Yet God uses the humble and the powerless. Listen to this. This is how Jesus comes into Jerusalem as king. This is literally the title given to this little excerpt of Scripture here. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fool of a donkey. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, comes riding in on a donkey, modelling to us how we can show humility. And I think it's this posture of humility that we need to take as we continue to explore this psalm. Verse 3 says, When I consider your heavens. When was the last time you considered the heavens? When was the last time you thought carefully about the vastness of the universe? That you pondered creation? You see, David knew the value in doing this. He knew the value in seeking the creator in his creation. He knew what it was like to sit back and to look up at the night sky seeing thousands of stars glittered across the heavens like little diamonds. Sitting back and thinking about this amazing, majestic God that has carefully sculpted all of this with the work of his fingers. You see, the extra thing that we bring to the party today is that there is way more out there than the eye can see. As David was writing this, he was looking up and probably seeing somewhere around 5,000 stars. We can probably see that too if, if we leave Melbourne and head to the countryside somewhere where there's less pollution. If, if you've got better eyesight than me or I've got my glasses on, we can probably see about 5,000 stars. To David, that was the heavens. That was the expanse of the universe. But 
Today, with a little help of science and well-placed mirrors and telescopes, we can see more than a billion stars. We have photos from galaxies light years away. We have a deeper understanding of the vastness of the universe. Now David sat there only considering the 5,000 stars he could see. And he couldn't help but write a poem. Because he saw the creator in his creation. He couldn't help but marvel at his majesty. And so I want to ask you again, when was the last time that you considered the heavens? The last time that you enjoyed a sunset? Or stared at the night sky, appreciated the glory that was handcrafted, sculpted, and put in front of us. I think back in time to, to when I was sitting there underneath the stars looking over Uluru, eating dinner. Couldn't help but appreciate the incredible nature of God in that moment. And at the same time, suddenly appreciated how small I am in the grand scheme of, scheme of things. Yet in verse 4, we read, What is mankind that you are mindful of them? God knows me in the midst of it all. In the whole wide universe, He knows me personally. And He knows you personally. And David here in the midst of feeling small is wondering why such a big, great God would be mindful of such small things. He continues his ponderings by repeating himself, human beings that you care for them. David repeating the same idea, the same idea but now considering the personal side of God, the closeness of God. You see, God isn't just simply mindful of us, simply aware of us. Like we as humans are aware that ants exist, but we don't pay much attention to them in our daily lives. God is so aware that he cares so deeply. Our God cares so deeply about us. He cares about you and he cares about me. And it's because of that care that God has placed us in a position a little lower than the angels. I think it's interesting the way that David has phrased this in the psalm because our position under God, he hasn't phrased us as being a little bit above the animals, a little bit above the rest of creation, rather a little under the angels. God has a special position for us. A position that prompts us to look upward, to look towards God, towards the destiny that one day we will be redeemed and lifted and crowned with glory and honour. How incredible is that? See, no matter how small or insignificant I might feel at this time, God cares so deeply about me. The creator of everything cares so deeply about us that one day we'll be crowned with glory and honour. But in the meantime, we're still here on earth. And in verse 6 we read, You made us rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under our feet, all flocks and herds, all the animals of the wild, the birds of the sky, the fish of the sea. 
and all that swim the paths of the seas. You've made us rulers of the works of your hands. David, he is showing that he understands the original mandate given to Adam and his descendants at the time of creation. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. You see, as humans, we have a mandate to rule over the creatures and resources of the earth. And the large part of of the authority of this task is to be responsible and wisely steward this. We're not placed on this world to simply exist, to be members of an ecosystem. We're called to be caretakers. Our mandate of ruling over the the works of God's hands, He's called us to be wise and responsible. And the thing is, regardless of what we as individuals may be sitting here thinking about climate change, God has called us to be caretakers of His creation. Being caretakers is biblical. It's innately spiritual. And reading this psalm, considering God's majesty and His amazing creation and the mandate to caretake, I sense this burden on myself to do better. To consider how I can be a better caretaker of the world around us. I hope that this psalm inspires you too. It's interesting. I think that there's a reason that we as humans often retreat in nature. We seek rivers and streams to see the beauty of water. We, we hike up mountains to get a better view. We explore forests and countrysides untouched by man. And I think it's because there's something calming and comforting and profound in seeing glimpses of our Creator in His creation. In seeing the majesty of our God in the works of His hands. When was the last time you sought out the Creator in His creation? When did you last consider God and His majesty in the midst of His perfect handiwork? You see, this psalm truly shows David understanding that the position of man in this world as caretakers and as worshippers. All of this says so much more about the glory and majesty of God than, than anything about man. And yet here we find David admiring the Creator, considering the majesty of God, blown away by the fact that we have been enlisted as caretakers of his handiwork. That he can't help but praise God. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. I'd love to invite the band to come back on stage and to invite us as a congregation to stand. Um, just as we, we get ready for worship, I want to yeah, invite you to stand. And 
Um, I had the absolute privilege last night of heading into the city with a bunch of our youth to Youth Alive, filling a, a massive room with 5,000-odd young people worshipping God and, and seeing seven of our own youth come to faith, seeing God's glory and majesty impacted in the young people of our church, hundreds more young people there also being impacted. And there was a moment in worship where I stood there and, and, and the, the lights were moving and then the kids were jumping and, 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 and suddenly in, in, in the midst of, of the lights and, and the media going on, I, I saw the creativity that God has instilled in us. And I think for the first time, I saw God's creation in something that was man-made. See, the thing is, if we're made innately in the image of God, if God has created us to be creative, there is no reason that we can't see creation in what we create too. I truly believe we can see glimpses of God in everything. What I wanna do to close today is to read the Psalm again from another version. And I wanna invite you to close your eyes and and take yourself to a moment when you last considered God in nature. When you last saw the handiwork of our Creator. God, brilliant Lord, Yours is a household name. Nursing infants gurgle choruses about You. Toddlers shout the songs. That drown out enemy talk and silence atheist babble. I look to you at your macro skies, dark and enormous, your handmade sky jewelry, moon and stars mounted in their settings. And then I look at my micro self and wonder, why do you bother with us? Why take a second look our way? Yet we've so narrowly missed being gods, bright with Eden's dawn light. You put us in charge of your handcrafted world. Repeated to us your Genesis charge. Made us stewards of sheep and cattle, even animals out in the wild, birds flying, fish swimming, whales singing in the ocean deeps. God, brilliant Lord, your name echoes around the world. Let this poem inspire you like it did David. Let it inspire you to seek the Creator in His creation, to consider His majesty and to worship Him wholeheartedly, knowing there is power in praise. Let's pray. Yahweh, our King, how powerful is Your name. God, we thank You for Your incredible love. We thank You for Your majesty and for Your grace. And Lord, we thank You for creation. We thank You that You crafted it so meticulously, so beautifully, so wonderful. Lord, help us find You in the midst of it all. Help us to seek You out. Help us to know your majesty. Lord, help us glorify and honour you. 
Lord, help us know that there is incredible power in praise and worship. Elohim, our God, how beautiful is Your name. Amen.